Tonight we dive into the forbidden knowledge of the Nephilim and the visions of Enoch, where ancient secrets meet modern curiosity in a quest for understanding beyond the boundaries of time and mythology. Tonight on Newsworthy, two words and two question marks. scoured the podcast world and finally found us newsworthy with steve and jerry where we delve into all things mysterious macabre or out of this world and decide if they are truly newsworthy two words and two question marks Hello, I'm Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. Tax season is upon us. Did you know that 47% of Americans are planning to use their tax refunds for everyday expenses, home improvements, and vacations? What if you used your tax refund for a new home instead? Again, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. Your tax refund can be used towards down payment, closing costs, or paying down existing debt to help get approved. So before you spend that tax refund, let's get together and see how to best utilize those funds to invest in your future and your new home. Call or text me at 502-680-0953. Again, that's 502-680-0953. NMLS ID 448-908, DAS Acquisitions, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, NMLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Hello, hello, hello. Yo, Mr. Jerry, how are you? Doing great. Brett's in the house. Yes, we're, we're, in we're the right. house. Got him back with us. That's back-to-back episodes with Brett. Why not? Hey, with three kids, it's, it's a tough feat to <laughs> accomplish. Yeah. Three and soon to be four. And soon to be four. Soon yeah. to be four. All girls. All girls. You are seriously outvoted in that house. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. You have no clue when it We're comes to a vote. Just take out. a family vote and you're like, oh, just go ahead. Oh, the bathroom's I'm already gonna... full. You're going to have to find a way to add like two or three or four bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out something. <laughs> or maybe add two or three or four boys. <laughs> Even out the the numbers here. Well, that doesn't help him get in the bathroom any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that'll further We could at least go outside for majority of our... Yeah. Yeah. Not can. I think we'll have to. Yeah. That many females in the house, you will have no choice. Yeah. You're, you're, you're toast come teenage years, man. I toast. I didn't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had one awesome daughter and then three rotten boys and um no, I'm just kidding. All my kids are awesome. But um Except boys are different. Boys are just different. You Something know, they're different. they you raise them different, you feel differently about them, you protect them differently. You know, in in a situation I can think of 
if 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 a girl you know is in a spot, you your instinct as a dad is, I want to protect them, and then as as. But I mean, what age are you talking? I'm talking, you know, thirteen teenage years. Yeah, and yeah then maybe twelve, thirteen. You're like. Oh, you fell and busted your face? Get up and do it again. If it's a boy. It only hurts for a minute. Chicks but when they're stars. little, you know, kids are kids. Yeah. You know, when you're six, seven, eight, probably nine. I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's kids a kid. Yeah. I had but, one daughter, it's all I had, so. I still, it would probably be a little bit different when you get into the teenage well, years. Here's the difference Texas. that you never got to experience. What's that? Anybody who's had multiple children will tell you that this is the way it typically goes. Parents, and you probably already know this, on your first child, you're overprotective. You're doing everything the book says to do. You're following all the advice. You're doing... By the time Nick came up, I'm like, are you still breathing? (laughs) Good. (laughs) Check mark. (laughs) I saw a meme once. I saw a meme once. I'm sure you probably wrote it. But uh, <laughs> I saw a meme once that summed it up pretty well, and it said, first kid, and the mother is interviewing a babysitter, and she's like, okay, so you have a master's degree in children's technology or children's development. You have this and this and this, but do you have more than 15 years experience? Well, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm going to have to say no. Second kid, on her way out the door, there's this emo goth girl that's the prospective babysitter, and she's got this huge nose ring. And as the mother tosses her child to the emo girl, she says, you might want to take that ring out. She'll rip it out if you don't. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, Huge difference. And that's boy or girl. And and your daughter is experiencing that right now. I mean, you know, so it's funny because your daughter was that parent on her first Everything was, she was by the book, by the book, and me and you kind of well, shook but she kind of, in many ways, she still is much. Yeah. In in a lot of ways, parenting has come a long way from when you and I raised kids. Oh yeah, the things that you are not supposed to do, and that we now know is very dangerous compared to what we did for so many years. Things as simple as whether or not you put a blanket into the crib yeah. with a small child, known to be a huge suffocating hazard. You know, and we've known that for quite a while. How many people use those as props oh, right around the their day. face for a bottle? <laughs> back in the day, yeah. That's we've bank. never done that. Yeah. Good, for, good. good for y'all. Co-sleeping. That used yeah. to be a big thing. And now, you know, they know that it's okay. if you do that, that's a huge, your risk of SIDS increases dramatically. We've never done that either. That's even good. That's why you have so many kids, just so you know. Just saying all of our kids have co-sleeped, and we all... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Co-sleep means that they sleep with you. They do. Nah, he knows what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, you all let them co-sleep? Uh, Some, at least. I, I, it, it got to a certain point where it wasn't like a let. It was like, I want to go to sleep. I'm not fighting this anymore. Oh, that's... Yeah. You know, Back in our day, it was the same listen, deal. That's why we would get We are them. just now, at my oldest daughter is four... This In the past six months, have been been like, all right, you got to sleep in your... It is still a fight. Like, no, see, I, or, this kid, this kid, we're not doing it at all. It's like, no, you're you're sleeping in your bed. I'm not going to mention any names, but your best friend was that kid, <laughs> um, and it took me two years to get him out my bed. Yeah, and his little brother didn't have a chance to even look at my. He didn't even see my bed. 
He didn't know I had a separate bedroom. He thought I slept in a cave. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's pretty much too yeah. funny. So, yeah, you get three kids in there. And, uh, yeah. Well, we don't even let the king dogs size sleep is with us. Very yeah. small. I mean, we have king size, but it's very small. Yeah. I, I with mean, that many people. Yes. It's crazy. You know, we've come up with a lot of things that we now know how to theoretically do better a lot of inventions it just reminds me do you guys know what was more important than the invention of the first telephone what's that the invention of the second telephone (laughs) (laughs) just saying (laughs) (laughs) on that same token you know what the first phone call was right alexander graham bell was sitting there his phone rings and the guy on the second telephone picks it up, and he's like, we've been trying to reach you, but your car's extended. <laughs> yeah. I think I told you this the other day. As Steve is always talking about on the show, I'm such an old man. Uh, but I told him I have gotten to the age where I'm certainly thankful that I have someone that is worried about me enough to call and check on me every day. Uh Sadly, he's from India, and he's very worried about my car one <laughs> But at least he's calling to check on me every day. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, when we were speaking of children, when we were growing up, you can ask any of my kids. My favorite word growing up was no. no. I just couldn't afford it. My second favorite word was clearance. Well, is it on clearance? So you can even ask any of them. Those are the words that came out of my mouth whenever they ask anything first. So make no surprise, when Robin and I went out on our first date, I found a place. It was spring going into summer. It was an ice skating rink, and it was half price to get in. Very nice. I believe she called me a cheapskate. Cheapskate, huh? <laughs> nice. Liked how you worked that one in there. Yeah, I did. See, it was nice. It was yeah. nice. Yeah, we're, we're kind of like we're, speaking of having that fourth kid. I've had to start a business just to make some extra money. A business. So, so me and Trulia, we're starting to sell statues. If anybody's interested. So far, we've only sold one. Um, it was a bust. Oh. <laughs> Don't know if you're gonna want to keep doing that. It's a bust. <laughs> But four kids, you don't have a choice. Oh, a bust. Oh, my. Steve really liked that one. <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> I needed that. Thank you, Brad. Oh, man. So. Well, I just, I just wanted real quick, you know, I've kind of been cataloging my little battle with this, this crap I've been going with the last few weeks. And in all seriousness, this is the week I feel worse this week than I have through any of this process. Just the diet, the medicines, everything's a combination. So uh, I'm going to kind of step back a little bit on this episode and let these fine, young, outstanding men take care of this episode a little bit. But the good news is we're almost at the end of the tunnel. A couple more weeks we'll be out of this and hopefully back raring to go but man this this has been brutal this last week the stress alone 
Can't even imagine. Well, it, it's the stress, it's the lack of medication, it's the diet. It's, yeah, I can't imagine. There's, there's a lot. You know, I didn't feel this bad after my big, the big surgery. So, yeah. um, and these guys here, you know, they come in, they don't care. I had staples in my neck and tubes hanging out. We're doing a show and it's all good, but um, today's bad. <laughs> Very bad. Hopefully, um, it'll be over soon. Absolutely, will in, in the right way. That's <laughs> you know the stress. And you know, cancer and, sucks. Oh, it does. I mean, Toby Keith passed this week. Oh, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, you I know did. that just, sucks. We literally were just talking about that. Yeah. Right now, yeah. we're talking about it. And I showed him a video with some award show where he did the his newest song. Yeah, don't yeah. let the old man in. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Was yeah, making fun of himself wearing skinny jeans and uh, Prince Charles or King Charles now just announced he has some form of cancer. They yeah. haven't came forth with what kind, so cancer just sucks. Well, that was interesting. Say, who's wanting in the door? Very interesting. Stupid cat. We have a special guest. Nice. Wow. For y'all don't know, we do my studio is in my house and literally the door just knocked. Like there was a human knocking on the door. Repeatedly. Knock, repeatedly. Knock, 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 knock. And it was our dumb little great cat that's not very even social. <laughs> Except when we're when we're over here the last couple of weeks it seems like I was over, very over here. She's had a mental flip flop because normally she stays upstairs and now she just can't get enough of people. I don't know if it's an age thing. Don't shortchange her now. She's the second member of the one eyed gang. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> she has her own claim to fame. We both have a cat, or we but we have two cats <laughs> and both of them are blind in one eye. It's crazy. Of course, you know, for the record, my wife is a vet tech, so we live in the house of broken animals. Yep. But um, that's just crazy. Anywho, sorry, didn't interrupt with that. Tonight we got a really cool topic. It's a giant sort of. topic. It's it's an nope, enormous it's an enormous topic. That it is. Um especially according to Enoch. Yeah. Very, very enormous. Yeah. <laughs> If you're, and, and you know, when we when we're making fun, but that that really is the the length. That's the the thing. I mean, it's uh, that's the uh, size of the situation, if you will. We Brett, have confused the holy crap. Brett, by now. what are we talking about tonight? So we're talking about nephilim, Woo. which I guess is another term for for giants. For giant people. So, and we're not talking about like Andre the Giant, or yeah, the yeah. big show. We're right. talking about real giants, like real giants that biblical you know, giants, right? Well, that, let me just start by saying because I don't know how long my voice or my mind or anything's gonna hold out. Let me just start real quick. I got the privilege of loving wrestling back when Andre was still wrestling. And he was at a show in Rupp Arena. And I was right by the uh, the spot where they walk out, the uh, walkway. And I got to see Andre up close. And you, you will see him against men 
in the ring, if you look at any of the old video, and he makes Hulk Hogan look small. Right. He makes King Kong Bundy look small. But unless you actually saw him up, I'll tell you a funny story about Andre the Giant. He was in the movie Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We all know Arnold Schwarzenegger, bodybuilder, big dude. That's how he got the part. Arnold was telling this story not too long ago on a talk show. And he, he's like, we were filming Conan the Barbarian. And uh, we all went out to dinner. Well, Andre was a known drinker. Gallons and gallons of booze. Um, well, he was also very big hearted, and Andre was like, uh, Arnold was like, Well, I've got dinner tonight, and Andre's like, No, 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 I buy. And Arnold's like, No, Andre, I have to insist on buying dinner. So they go along, they finish dinner, and all of a sudden. <laughs> Andre gets up to go to the bathroom, and he picks Arnold Schwarzenegger up by his belt loops and hangs him on the coat rack and then pays the bill and leaves. <laughs> wow. And uh, that's how he got away from paying. That's how Andre got to pay the bill. He just literally picked Schwarzenegger up and hung him by his belt loops on the coat rack. But this guy's neck, I want to say, now I was young, but foot and a half wide, easy, 18 inches wide, his neck. And this was back when he was still healthy. Like when most people remember Andre being slammed by Hogan at WrestleMania, he was already very unhealthy. He had gained a lot more weight. He was on the end. But when I saw him, he was very healthy and not quite that big. But he still had an 18-inch neck. When did you sing? Do you know? Do you remember? Did you get close? <sighs> Late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Somewhere in that. The reason I asked when I was in college, which was mid. You were probably doing security I for the security show. security at Rupp Arena. Worked for a company called Andy Frayne Security. Yeah. And worked every wrestling you man. probably were there i wasn't there in the oh. late 90s or late uh oh gotcha late 80s so yeah it was it was back then he he was still he hadn't got the black strap that come across yet he was still in just the trunks if that tells you how long ago it was yes. but just and you know i use him for a point of reference because for most people that listen to this program that's as big as it gets <laughs> how tall was he do you remember? I'm sure. It says here that uh, I read somewhere that on his French passport he was listed at seven foot or seven one, but most people think that he was two or three inches shorter than that. So somewhere yeah. around seven foot. And we went somewhere between, depending on what time of his life, four fifty to five hundred and fifty right. pounds. Big dude. Big dude. But anyway, Brett, tell us about real giants. Yeah, so <clears throat> the story of Nephilim really starts in in the Bible, and it starts in the very first book in the Bible in Genesis, uh, chapter six, uh, verses one through four. Um, so this uh, this passage tells the readers that the Nephilim, which literally translates to fallen ones, um, 
were the product of co-population uh, between the divine beings, which were called sons of God, and human women, uh, which were literally the daughters of Adam. Uh, so their origins are disputed among Christians and um, biblical scholars. Um, so some, including the author of the book of Enoch, which we're going to get into, uh, view them as offsprings of fallen angels and humans. Uh, just a couple more of those different theories. So again, fallen angels, committed with humans, that's the first one. That's the most common one. Another one uh, is that they were godly descendants of Seth, uh, who married uh, ungodly women from the line of Cain. And then uh, the other one is basically just saying the sons of God were powerful individuals or rulers. Um, and that idea, sorry to interrupt, but in the thought of uh, Seth and Cain's descendants, the ideal being Seth, the good son, right? Right. Would be, or it referred to the sons of God, and Cain being the evil one because he killed his brother Abel. Right. right. Is that the thought? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I, actually, it might help to just, I'm just going to read the passage just real quick. I don't want this to be a big Bible sure. study, but, so when, so this is, uh, this is chapter six, starting with verse one. Um, when people began to multiply on the face of the ground and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that they were fair and they took wives for themselves of all that they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in mortals forever for they are flesh. Their days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards. When the sons of God went to the daughters of humans who bore children to them, these were the heroes that were, were, that were of old, warriors of renown. And so immediately after this, I think in verse, five, in verse 5 actually is when the whole story of Noah begins. Am I correct on that? Right. Yeah. And now he was... It's saying that the children of Nephilim brought many bad, evil things to the world. Verse 5 starts saying how he's going to get rid of this problem, yeah. which is through the flood of Noah. And there, there are multiple other verses that reference uh, the Nephilim. Um, let's see. Uh, Numbers 13, uh, 33, um, they reference the seeing uh, the Nephilim uh, with the, uh, the Anakites. Um, there uh, is mention in Baruch, um, the, the talk about giants, um, how they were, uh, let's see, so, is, O Israel, how great is the house of God, how vast the territory that he possesses. It is great and has no bounds, it is high and immeasurable. The giants were born there who were famous of old, great in stature, expert in war. God did not choose them or give them the way, of not, way to knowledge, so they perished because they had no wisdom. They perished through their folly. And this kind of goes into, and then Second Samuel, there's multiple mentions of giants. Obviously, we all know the story of David and Goliath. Um, uh, I, I will read uh, this passage talking about Goliath. They're just describing uh, him. So, and there came out from a, the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. So, six cubits, uh, it's about nine feet. A span is about nine inches. So, they're basically describing him as being nine feet, nine feet, nine inches. And as we were just saying, Andre the Giant was seven feet, roughly, plus or minus a couple inches. So this dude was almost three feet taller than Andre the Giant. 
He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. So 5,000 shekels is roughly 125 pounds. I want you guys to just pick up 125 pounds and then just wear it all day yeah. and see how that feels. He had, he had greaves of bronze on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of the spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels. So this, uh, this is about 15 pounds. So his spear, the head of his spear was 15 pounds. I couldn't imagine getting impaled with that thing. So anyways, this, this dude was huge. So there, anyways, there's multiple, um, multiple mentions of giants, of uh, the Nephilim in the Bible. And <clears throat> before you know, people go on to say, you know, ah, oh, well, you know, who knows if the Bible's true. Whether you like it or not, the Bible is a historical artifact. Um, and it's the most, you know, sold, distributed book in the history of the world. Um, so to just completely discount it, especially on a show where we talk about conspiracy theories and aliens and Bigfoot, to completely dis- discount, you know, these stories, I think is uh, is unfair. But I'll take it a step further. You can you can back that statement up further with the fact that nowadays archaeologists use the Bible's points of reference to make discoveries. So. It's not even a question of, oh, it's a bunch of hogwash. If it were hogwash, the archaeologists who have very valuable dollars that they can't afford to waste wouldn't use it as a reference point to find the new things that they want to find. Right. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah. So um, so one, one book that is not actually in the Bible, um, the book of Enoch. So Enoch was the father of Noah, um, talks a lot about these Nephilim. Uh, Jerry, you want to talk more about that? Enoch. He was the uh, seventh, I think. The the fifth chapter of Genesis gives the lineage of all of the people from Adam to Noah. And if I remember correct, Enoch was the sixth one from six or seven. He was a great-grandfather of Noah, whatever that makes him. So, yeah, Enoch was a... uh, biblical patriarch. He was prior to Noah's flood. He's the son of Jared, the father of Methuselah, and the great-grandfathers we said of Noah. Uh, In relation to biblical text, he wrote at least part of the book of Enoch, surprisingly, right? It's got his name. Now, believe it or not, and as far as I know, this is the only one in the entire Bible that would be this way. But the book of Enoch, which is, by the way, not a part of the Bible, um, according to almost everyone. We'll get to that in a minute. But the book of Enoch has 130-something chapters, I think. And it is believed that the book of Enoch has up to six authors. He did not write nearly all of it. It was written over a period of 200 to 300 years. Uh, he did not write nearly all of it. But he did write a considerable portion. Uh, As we said, it is a scriptural religious text that during, it was widely read during the second, Second Temple period, which was from 516 BCE to 70 CE, about 600 years. During that time period, it was considered very religious. It was read to a great degree 
in the temples, we believe. And that is based upon the number of copies that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Numerous copies were found. Even so, the Book of Enoch is not part of the Roman Catholic Bible. It is not part of the Jewish Bible. It's not part of any Protestant Bible. It is a part of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church's Bible. It is the only Bible in the world that considers it to be a part. That is true because it has it contains many things that nothing else in the Bible covers. It's also true because it has many things that are in disagreement with most of the rest of the Bible, which is why at approximately somewhere around the 5th century, it, from that point on, it was no longer considered canon, which means to be inspired scripture, inspired by God. So it was no longer canon from the 5th century on. Yes. Did Disney do that like they did Star Wars? I'm pretty sure it probably was Disney, <laughs> okay. yes. I just, I just wanted to know how far Disney's been messing things up. You know, up, Disney is all. not given the cr- true credit it deserves. Not many people know that it was around <laughs> okay. in the 5th century, but you were pretty sure that Disney was responsible okay. for this. Yes. Shame on them. Um, what the, the reason that we're talking about Enoch and the Book of Enoch is because the Book of Enoch talks about the Nephilim to a great degree. Nephilim is mentioned in the Bibles that we use very limited number of times. I believe it's twice that the word Nephilim actually appears. Now, there's many other instances where it's talking about giants, and it could be referring to Nephilim. The word Nephilim in the Hebrew Bible occurs twice, and you mentioned those two, Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, and Numbers 13, 33. Um, but other than that, in the Old Testament, the Jewish Bible, which there's only the Old Testament, the word Nephilim doesn't exist but in those two instances. But in the book of Enoch, he goes into great detail about the Nephilim. Uh, as Brett mentioned, the Genesis 6, right, where he talks about the sons of God, were the, the most common thought is that that was referring to fallen angels. And that they took human wives and they their children were the Nephilim, the giants. Uh, the book of Enoch, you don't need to wonder exactly, is that what he meant? That's exactly what he says. And he goes into great description of, he even gives a number. There was 200 of them he, that he says that came uh, to the earth and how they decided against God's advice and against God's wishes to take human wives and become human. And he also talks in great degree uh, of how that worked out, of the things. There were several things that he said that they did that were good for people. He says that they taught humanity various sciences, arts, and forbidden knowledge. Uh, Again, we talked about the fact that they're usually associated with giants and beings of great power. In fact, the word, we mentioned that the word Nephilim is in the Catholic Bible and in a few of the older, more strict um, versions of the Bible. But in most versions of the Bible, King James included, the word Nephilim doesn't exist. It's translated to giants. Um, now, they are mentioned in the Quran at least once. Yeah. Do you remember with what the context of that? I do not. Maybe you could look it up. Um, this. Well, the, they had a prophet, Hud, who declares to be like Jabberin. Um, 
and it probably a reference to the biblical Nephilim. The people of Odd are said to be giants, the tallest among them 100 feet tall, 30 meters. However, according to the Islamic legend, the Odd were not wiped out by the floods, and some of them were too tall to be drowned. Instead, God destroyed them after they rejected further warnings, and after death, they were banished to the lower levels of hell. A hundred feet? Pretty tall. Pretty tall. The Book of Enoch says that they were 450 feet tall. That's a big dude. That's a pretty big dude. (laughs) We're talking about how giant that you thought Andre the Giant actually was when you were relatively young, and he was seven foot little over, maybe, possibly. And that's a football field and a half tall. Yeah. Tall. Did you imagine? Straight up. Yeah, very, very Yeah, tall. David's not going up against that with a rock. No. Do you imagine that, and this is completely off-kilter, it really has nothing to do with this, but the island, Easter Island, where they have these carvings that we right. thought for years were just heads, and now they've uncovered that they're actual full bodies. And they are, you know, some of them, 25, 30, 40 feet in length. We wonder if that is a reference point to Nephilim. But they talk about, um, I was watching this one video, I can't remember the exact source, but uh, Egyptians have a lot of drawings of <clears throat> people who are much taller than, you know, a normal human would be. Right. And I get. And, you know, some people think they were drawing gods, but some people believe that maybe they were drawing Nephilim that actually existed. One that I remember in particular is of the guy holding the lion by the neck in a headlock while there's little humans beside him that come up barely to his waist. I mean, that's either a giant or a god or a king who they hold in high esteem. So Right. Earlier, you mentioned about... the. Um, Scripture that mentions when the sons of God uh, married the daughters of men. And you gave some of the explanations. There's one non-biblical explanation that we didn't go into. And that one is that they were celestial beings. The Anunnaki. Aliens. Yeah, that's who most people think the Anunnaki so just, just, I'm not saying show. that's yeah. you know, it's a different show. There's no evidence to prove one way or the other, but that is one of the uh, that's one of the theories of how that this happened. Now, in case that we weren't, uh, in case Enoch wasn't different enough, in case he wasn't surprising enough, the fifth chapter of Genesis contains the lineage of genealogy, as we mentioned earlier of the descendants from Adam to Noah. And it gives the age at which each one fathered the child that was going to lead to Noah. It also tells how many years they lived from that point until they died. And it ends up with every single one of these saying, and the total uh, of their life was X number of years, and they died. Lived for so many years, and they died. Except for Enoch. doesn't say that. Here's what it says with him. Genesis 5, 24 says, And Enoch, or Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Which would make him one of only two people in the entire Bible that the Bible says didn't die. Elijah and Enoch. 
We're taken straight to heaven, according to if that's the way that you wow. take this, and I don't know how else you can take it. When every if it just said that, you could take it a million different ways. But because every other single right. person in the lineage and they said a very specific, and they died, they lived for so many years, and they died. Right. I, I think that you that excludes them from and being able like to be like six before and three after. Right. It wasn't like it did it to a certain point and changed the way you were right. describing it. I just for think every that, single one. I just think that that is words have power and words have meaning and they that's do. an actual there's meaning there's behind meaning the fact whatever that is there's that a meaning to he it didn't die or whatever very true now the being of the book of enoch if i can talk describes the nephilim as powerful beings who taught humanity various sciences arts and forbidden knowledge and we talked about the fact that they are often associated with giants and beings of great power um Scroll down here without losing my place. It is believed that they were responsible for introducing things like astrology, weaponry, even cosmetics, according to the Book of Enoch, to civilization. Yet their imparting of this knowledge came with a price. They were also accused of corrupting humanity and leading them astray. They were seen as a threat to the divine order of the universe and were eventually condemned for their transgressions. The book of Enoch goes into great detail about how the, the flood was because of the Nephilim and the disruptions that they had brought to the world and how God decided he was going to get rid of them from the face of the earth. Um, and the punishment was the form of the great flood. Now, yes. do you care if I bring the giants a little closer to us here in North America? Not at all. Go right ahead. And I only bring this up because when we talk about giants, we have to talk about all the giants. Now, obviously, we're talking about Nephilim here, who somewhere between the Koran and the Book of Enoch are between 100 and 400 feet tall, huge dudes. In at least two different spots in America, we have uncovered skeletal remains of giants. Now, they are not 100 feet tall, and they're not 400 feet tall. But in West Virginia, we have the giant mountains, where there are several mounds of dirt with several bodies at the base that are 7 to 10 to 12 feet tall. We also have the ancient Indian stories out in the desert southwest about the red-haired giants who hunted humans, who used humans as food. Until the tribes of the Indians banded together, had a three was it a three year war against the the red headed giants, eventually pushed them into a cave, and then began to smoke them out. And as they came out of the cave from the smoke, they popped them off. They picked them off as they came out, and the ones that didn't come out died of smoke inhalation. And we found physical evidence of those. Just, that's right here in America. And these are, again, they're not 100 feet tall. They're not, you know, but they, by today's standards, dwarf most NBA players. Bone structure puts them at, you know, five, six, seven hundred pounds of muscle. Um, You know, just the way that their teeth and everything of what they could and would eat. Just... You know, I just thought that that was something that needed to be brought up. 
Yeah, there was a. <clears throat> I'm glad you brought. So there was a study back in 2018. Uh, so researchers at Harvard made a discovery that this, so they discovered the civil, civilization that built Stonehenge had vanished from existence right after it was built. So they were comparing the DNA of ancient human bones and then compared it to the DNA of modern people in that same area. And apparently this this specific DNA, it vanished from existence like very shortly after Stonehenge was supposedly built. It's crazy. Uh, in 1998, there was a research team at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, and they analyzed... Um, uh, Native Americans, and they were trying to trace them back to different paths that they took to get to the Americas. And there was one lineage where they could not trace it to any sort of root, um, and this was called the X lineage. So this lineage is found in two and a half percent of Native Americans and some of European, some Europeans. So nobody knows where this came from, uh, but some believe that this could possibly be tied to giants. Uh, and actually, one thing that uh, you were talking about the West Virginia uh, mounds. The Smithsonian was actually the first, uh, I guess, group of, of people, the first researchers that found a giant in one of those mounds. And I think it was after 1923, they, they just started denying the, exi the existence of giants. Um, but one, one of the, the, the first one they found, there was, it said there was 10 bodies placed in a circle around a central body. And then that central body was, you know, over seven feet tall. Um, so, anyways, I just thought that was that was pretty cool. And even a more modern giant uh, in 2024, Saquon Barkley is going to be looking at free agency from the New York Giants. Sorry, I had to throw it in. <laughs> I googled who was the tallest man in history. There was someone named Robert Wadlow. Yeah. He was born in 1818, right, yeah. 8 foot, 11 inches tall, almost 9 feet. Yeah, have you seen the Guinness Book of World Records pictures with him? Yes. And the small, they always put, it always makes me funny because they always put him with the smallest person, and I'm like, oh, you know, but <laughs> it kind of makes me guffaw a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Giants have been around for a long time. So, so let me ask you all this. Do sure. you think that giants still exist? Like in, in this form that we are talking about. Obviously, there's people who are well, so tall. But there, There's been some here very recently. If, if you believe Jerry's favorite website, TikTok, there's been yeah. giant doors discovered and people peeking out of the doors. I personally don't think. And here's the thing I'll, I'll say about them that I say about Bigfoot with today's technology, with today's advance of um, security cameras and cameras being everywhere. If we don't have proof in the next five years, I'm going to say no. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, there's the, the deep fake stuff is happening at a huge rate now. Yeah. And especially when it comes to like Bigfoot and Yeti and stuff, but now we're getting all back views. We're not getting any front views of Bigfoot. Used to be you get the grainy front view of him peeking around a tree or whatever. Those have all gone away because of technology. Now you're getting the deep fakes of him walking away or being way over on a hillside. Who knows? There was the one guy that uh, found the doorway to a giant's lair and went back and 
you see the video and the door kind of closes real fast and you go up to it and it all looks like a rock wall. Who knows, man? This world's so big and we're so small. <laughs> yeah. You just think about the ocean. And yeah. How I mean, little we've explored of the ocean. Right. Totally agree. One thing I will say in closing is this. Uh, according to everything that we had read and talked about, the Nephilim existed before the flood. It's mentioned in Genesis chapter 6. If you have a literal view of the Bible and a literal view of the flood, uh, Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives were taken into the ark. And you would think that the rest of civilization perished, including Nephilim, correct? Mm -hmm. Keep in mind that the second scripture in the Bible where Nephilim is specifically mentioned is Numbers 13.33. This is during the time of Moses. The time period between Noah and Moses was 800 years. So 800 years later, there was still Nephilim. Are they still in the world today? I agree with you. If we've got giants in the world today, I'm not talking 400 foot, I'm talking 10, 11 foot people. There's going to have to be proof soon, or it's just not happening. We've got too many cameras, too many people. Satellite imagery. All oh, yeah. right. I mean, so. you, you know, that's the, that's the big kicker. We have satellites that can literally read with you flip a quarter if it's heads or tails from space at this point. Unless you're a flat earther, believe we're not actually in space. <laughs> I'm not that, but, I mean, that's pretty impressive stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. So uh, let me ask you this. This sure. is something that popped in my head and maybe completely stupid. So there's there's like a big creature that we have a lot of proof that existed, you know, you know, however many years ago. That's you know, dinosaurs. Do you right. think that there might be some sort of correlation between dinosaurs and Nephilim and you know, because they're, they're not really describing them in any sort of certain way other than they're ginormous, they're no, because it, you know, I, most scientists believe that dinosaurs existed but didn't have access to utensils. You know, we're we're talking about giants that not only interacted with but mated with right. human women. Yeah, and know. I'm specifically talking about the the Nephilim in Genesis. I, I'm I don't think that Goliath was described in any sort of way other than a human. Yeah, I, I I just can't imagine that. And and mine would my answer would be, uh, show me the proof. Yeah. Oh, is it possible? Uh, well, <laughs> shouldn't it be? Yeah, should be. I think we should be questioning, but not close-minded enough to say that I'll absolutely say that it didn't happen. But prove it to me. So unless there's some proof, I don't think at this point we have any evidence. That it did happen. So I would agree with Steve from that standpoint. Here's another point. You know, and when you you get into biblical studies, and we're not doing that here. Right. Yeah, please everyone understand. We did not attempt in any shape, form, or fashion to do that. But you can't speak to Nephilim without speaking to the Bible. You can't separate Without referencing it somewhat. But here's the thing that... I've always thought fascinating about giants. There is proof now that the Neanderthals 
were not some big, lumbering, dumb, uncoordinated race of humans that just vanished. There is more and more mounting evidence that the Neanderthals were not only very smart, that they hunted in packs, and they loved Homo sapien food. Not Homo sapiens food, Homo Homo sapiens as food. And they would often come into an area and Homo sapiens hid or died. They've killed multiple species of Homo sapiens off. Um, And that's going to be a topic for a different show. But if you are Homo sapien like we are, and you know, Homo sapiens from a very beginning time were smaller, had bigger heads, but weren't covered in fur. We were we weren't um, designed to live in a particular way. The whole the Neanderthals were very most people now believe were fur covered or at least partially fur covered, big, stocky, you know, very smart. Um, Basically, the only way Homo sapiens put them down was to outsmart them. Um, so, but anyway, I mean, if a few of those survive, that could be considered gigantic wow. in a lot of ways. But, um, so, we have went way back with this one. We're talking a millennia or so. So, what do you think, uh, Brett? Do the Nephilim deserve more or less news coverage? So did you have something to add, Jerry? I'm no. Sorry. Oh, you had to look like I didn't, I didn't want to cut you off. Not at all. I was just wondering how I'm going to answer when you get to me. Oh, gotcha. yeah. I, it's a tough one because I honestly I didn't even know Nephilim were in the Bible. You know, I've read Genesis many times, and I never like stopped in that word and was like, "Hey, what is that?" Uh, I totally second that because in my Bible the word's not even in there. It translated it as giants. Yeah. So I think that there needs to be some more coverage as because I, I never hear anybody mentioning Nephilim ever. So in that respect, I think that there should be more coverage as far as there's not any, there's not any new evidence coming out. For, Let me blow your mind real quick before you answer. Yeah. One of the Kings that we know in, in history existed was considered a Nephilim. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. I King Gilgamesh. Most people believe that King Gilgamesh and his buddy, his running mate, the one that he fought, and I I don't remember his name. I really, truly don't. I think he was a giant or a Nephilim? They think he was Nephilim. Um, Cool. uh, I had no clue of that. um, He was battled with uh, another Nephilim-like creature who they became fast friends, and eventually that battle transformed Gilgamesh from a hateful, harsh, spiteful ruler. There were stories that Gilgamesh would go to a wedding and bed the wife before she became the wife in front of the new groom because he didn't care because nobody could do anything to him. Um, he went from that to a very wise, just leader who realized that, you know, they were mortal. But, <laughs> you know, that, that that's something that 
If you Google Gilgamesh's tomb, you know, there's always a video up. Oh, we found it or, you know, but anyway, what do you think? I, I would say I'm kind of on the fence. I, w- I will lean towards thumbs up for this one be- just because it, I, if, if only just for the fact that I did not know that it was even in the Bible. So, wow. yeah, I, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I would say this. I believe that it needed more coverage until tonight, and I think we may have done it justice. <laughs> Look at Jerry go. Wow. Nice, polite way of saying I don't know that it needs that much more. Thumbs down for Jerry. Yeah. I'm like Brett. I'm on the fence. I think that Giants in general probably need a thumbs up because we do have physical proof. We do have the mounds of West Virginia. We do have an archaeological dig site in, I think it's southwest Nevada or New Mexico, and those remains are in the Smithsonian somewhere. Um, but as far as Nephilim in what a 450-foot-tall Nephilim, or 100-foot-tall if you're a subscriber to the Koran, um, I just can't imagine something of that size being a realistic thing in today's world without hundreds of thousands of people see. You, you can't be that big and high. Right. <laughs> Going along with what Brett was saying earlier, why haven't we found at least one skeleton right. of dinosaurs? Right, right. Why haven't we found one of, uh, forget a 450-foot, how about a 25-foot human? Right, right. You would still find some sort of... None of that's been found. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to have to say thumbs up on Giants, thumbs down for Nephilim. That's my pick. I didn't give you all that option. Last week, we were all the same. Yeah. This week, we're all different. Every one of us is different. Absolutely. That figures. (laughs) (laughs) Any final words, final thoughts? Nothing here. I, yeah, like I said, I think this is a. I think this is a cool. T- I think Jerry might be honest stuff. This is a cool topic. I'm glad we did it. Yep. It's not like the. Um, it's not like the. Uh, which one was it? We did one episode where we were like, we started researching this and found that there was like barely. This was like one of those where there's a lot of stuff to this that I didn't know before. Right. But I don't know if we can do any more coverage than we have tonight. What it wants me to do, and, and, and strictly because I'm like you, I agree that the Bible, the Bible is not only a religious book, but, but it is also book. an archaeological book. And it That's makes you want to dig into that in, in the origins. And more importantly, if it, if it hasn't taught us anything, it's taught us that translation is everything. Yeah, you know, and the Bible's been translated a hundred, two hundred times, so that's kind of a cool thing and a neat thing. Um, and all of this leads right to our bonus story. Man, that episode is really interesting. And if you'll stick around for us for just a few commercials, we have another great story to tell you. Hi, this is Edlock with USA Mortgage. When it comes to buying a home, the process can be overwhelming and confusing. With so many options, it can be hard to know where to start. That's why it's important to work with a certified mortgage loan originator. 
I have the knowledge and expertise to guide you through the process and find the best mortgage option for you. I will work with you every step of the way to ensure that you are getting the best deal possible. So if you're looking to purchase or refinance, please reach out to me at 502-680-0953. So don't take on the stress of buying a home alone. Work with me and I will make your dream a reality. Trust the professionals and make your home buying experience a positive one. MLS ID 448908, DAS Acquisition Company, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, MLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is equal housing opportunity. If you want us to review or rate your product on air, if you have suggestions for new episodes, awesome ghost stories, or anything else, please reach out to us. Our email address is newsworthywithstephenjerry at gmail.com. Our text number is area code 540-709-1318. And now, back to the story. If you happen to be in the Cuyahoga Valley National Park in Ohio, be aware, be very aware, because ever since the early 1700s, witnesses have seen a seven to nine feet tall, 300-pound ape-like creature very similar to Bigfoot, although very elusive and never being photographed. This particular brand of Bigfoot has been known to make small huts out of grass. Some believe that Bigfoot is just a creature of the Pacific Northwest, and that may be true. But what about his cousin, Grassman? Standing somewhere between 7 and 9 feet tall and well over 300 pounds, Grassman is an Ohio legend, a creature that wanders the fields and forests of Cuyahoga Valley. More human-looking than Bigfoot, but no less wild and no less mysterious. Grassman is said to eat mainly grass and wheat, and is sometimes spotted on the edge of farmers' fields, sampling the season's crop. Grassman is also said to build small huts out of grass, where he spends a few nights before moving on to the next place. Despite numerous sightings throughout the 19th, 20th, and 21st century, no one has ever captured a clear photograph or video clip of the Grassman. And frankly, who would even try? While most stories indicate the creature is harmless, some accounts say that the Grassman can allow a ferocious, eerily human roar when confronted or harassed. And Jerry, if you can't see the light, be the light. <laughs>